This is the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast, a CFCP production with Mike and Laurent. Mike, 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 Mike from Long Island is here. We had the big game, the sad game. I even threw a, a rapid reaction in there onto the feed if people were interested in that. But first, we're just going to cover the big games first. So Liverpool, Leicester. We want to talk about Arteta. We want to talk about our favorite game of Villa Brighton. And then we'll get into the results and what it means of Tottenham to Manchester City nil. But let's start in Anfield with Liverpool being completely dominant and destroying Leicester and just being like, they took their dick out. That was impressive. I... I I just don't know where you can find a better coach than Jurgen Klopp right now. Right? Like you just, you, 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 like he's he's, he's likable. He's he's handsome. His teeth are big. He's, he's got handsome. giant. He's grotesque. He was he was born in a lab. Let's be very clear about that. But <laughs> as far as soccer goes, oh my or football. Pardon me. It is. He was missing his entire first team. His relatively speaking, one whole Mane, side of the team. Yeah. Holy shit. Having Robbo kind of show up, Andrew Robertson, more or less a day or two before the game, we thought he was going to be out when we did the preview. That was a huge boost in the arm, and well, he had a phenomenal game. Yeah, I mean, but, it was 24 shots, 13 on target. The first half, like, what's weird is, like, I looked at the expected goals. Not that that's my thing, but it was a weird number. Like, I, they sort of show up on ESPN, and they put them there. It's like, oh, 2.1, and the team scored three, or one, but, but. The expected goals for this game were Liverpool 5, Leicester 2, which means, which I thought in my head, and then as I, I saw, I, I saw, I replayed it back, which I watched, and I was like, oh, yeah, Leicester did have chances, but yeah. Liverpool were just dominant. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't, like, there were periods late in this first half where Leicester were sitting deep, and... Liverpool were just passing it around, waiting for chances. Like it was yeah. impressive. And and then I um I thought about James Milner, who is quietly becoming one of the most incredible players ever. He's been playing yeah. since he was sixteen. He's now thirty four. So can you imagine? He's in like year seventeen. He just comes in every sub he makes, no problem. Milner comes in, he plays like Trent Alexander Arnold. Um. Um, Jones or Javies, whatever the, the young kid is, comes in, he plays like Fami- Fabinho. Fabinho drops into Van Dyke, he plays like Van Dyke. Jota yeah. takes over for Salah, he becomes Salah. It's just like, it doesn't matter. They have a system, they know where they're going to play, and all I kept thinking was, they are popping this ball around, they know where everyone's going to be, they've got this game under control. Leicester had nothing. And, and they, even, even then they had something like they had a little bit, like they clearly wanted to attack Milner by going down his side with, with the two, with the young fullback and Barnes. And they did get joy on that side, but that only happened once or twice. It was just laughable. Well, I think the main thing, and I don't want to fall victim of uh, the, you know, the fallacy of the predetermined outcome mm. as it were, but Harvey Barnes misses a big, big, big chance when it's only one, nothing. Early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did early. And, and that changes the game completely, right? You don't yeah. want to say that Leicester fight on and, and, and you know, go into the game tied now because of that. But I, I, I wonder how many of those chances, because if you're playing a team like Liverpool and you're, you're planning to absorb the pressure to some degree and hit them on the bounce, just like you've done as Leicester City for five years now, if you 
the, the difference about Leicester City and what's made them successful over that span is that they've been lethal, very clinical on the counter. Yes. And, and they haven't missed their chances. And this is just a game where the bounces didn't go their way, right? Like Harvey Barnes tried to hit that post and stamp, and he missed. So that's a then huge they couldn't miss. They couldn't get Tillemans on the ball. Johnny right. Evans, that own goal is like, what? It's not like you didn't know the ball was coming. Yeah, that was – What the, the fuck uh, was that? The men in Blazers said it was a great header – but just into your own net, right? Like it was very yeah, strange. Yeah. So um, I mean, it was it was. I mean, I think I think we thought who they thought they were. And one of the things I thought about was Liverpool just went and said, "We're still here. Don't right. don't fuck with us." Allison is actually the key to the defense, less so Van Dyke. I said that. Yeah, yeah. And we both were kind of like, you know what? Liverpool's good, man. They they held yeah. City no problem. And you know that takes us that takes us into the next game. Of, of another team that plays a frenetic, attacking, dominant style and wouldn't, you wouldn't expect, which is Leeds. Leeds played at home versus Arsenal. It was a dour nil-nil for the first half, but you, if you watched it, <laughs> if Oof. you watched it, it was not. Leeds were on top of Arsenal again, and, you know, they created chances. They've had the same problems again. Um, same problems with Bamford. Bamford gets a lot of chances. He scuffed one. He barely took the shot on another. So he's a he's a, he he's, a he's a striker who needs five shots. Like if Olivier Giroud was the striker for Leeds, they'd be fucking winning games. <laughs> right. Or or even like if Tammy Abraham was the striker for Leeds, they would be killing the league. They'd be like a top ten team. Um, Leeds United, you know, it's interesting. I watched that game. And so for, we have a fantasy league and I kind of looked, I was like, wow, Burton Leno is probably having a great game from a fantasy perspective. Nope. Um, not really. He made three saves. They hit as many posts as he made saves, right? And it was they've, hit, those, I, they've probably hit the post more than any other team. They hit three, maybe four posts. I'm looking at the stats now. Yeah. They, had, they took 25 shots. Only four of them were on target. So yeah, yeah. He, made, he made four saves. Um, I just... That's a game, and similar to how I said about missed chances with Leicester, right? Like, my goodness, guys. Within Even from the 80, the last 10 minutes of the game, 80th to 90th minute, they had three sitters that they just sailed wide or they hit the post. Well, I mean, or... this, is, this, is, this is what happens with teams that are not – they're not a low-quality team. They're well-coached. They play well together. They're just not – They don't have not, that killer. There's not like a $50 million dollar player on that team. Yes, and that's where you can really see exactly. That's where you can see the difference between, you know, the like you said, the Olivier Giroux, but even the guys who would come in, a Timo Werner, right? Or, yeah, or any, yeah. any player like that. The, who comes it's in quality. Goes, it's uh, the quality, every exactly. time they get a chance, they make it happen, right? So, right, they bury uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, but, but more Pat, to the point, Patrick think, Bamford is a, is a cast-off from four other Premier League teams. Right, right. But more to the point is, is Leeds battered, battered Arsenal. Right, like not a not not just a mid-table team, not a relegation candidate. Although that would be funny, uh, Arsenal looked flat-out terrible. They've been flat, saying it for a little man. bit that like they have nine goals in nine games. That's hey, they're City I don't know. in disguise. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they they would sign for City in disguise right now. They're far worse than that. Um, it's yeah. It's not only first of all their last time out before the break they got absolutely taken to the woodshed by Aston Villa again a team that you would expect Arsenal to handle or at least Dude, get a point from they on haven't a bad day scored in open play in over seven hours seven hours of game time that's wild that's, that's five some, games that's phenomenal without a goal. stat yeah well and, it's really it's really the Aubameyang thing like he, if he's not right. scoring 
it's gone. I don't know where that restart beat Liverpool, beat City in the FA Cup team went. I'm not sure who's missing. I, I mean, it was Aubameyang on the break on, on his own. But that creativity of how they were getting balls forward and out wide is gone. And, and they don't seem to be able to get it back together. Uh, you know, they, they were kind of using Lacazette in the middle and breaking him down. Uh, the really big problem here was like Nicola Pepe got suckered into a, a red card. He and Alioski in about, about an hour in are just joying and fighting and fighting. And then <laughs> Pepe headbutts him. Yeah. yeah does, does he, I mean, did he, did he sell it? Sure. But you should. Yeah. Uh, so, so Absolutely. he gets sent off. And basically after that, now Arteta had the excuse to say, oh, we were down a man. Um, sure. And, and, and at that point, fine. But to be very clear, you should have been losing that game by at least two at that point. And it was only the 55th minute or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. quickly on Pepe, I challenge you to name a bigger Premier League bust than 72 million pound Nicola Pepe. Kepe. Holy. Kepa. Not for seven. Okay, fine. But like, <laughs> that's, that's lots. Yeah. Trust Kepa's, me. Kepa's My team has a lot of them. Bengala. <laughs> but like, but that's the thing is that your team can afford flops like that. Yeah, this they can This was can't. the only major signing that they made. And again, it was a club record signing, 72 million. And he is just an absolute but, but, catastrophe. But I come that. from a, a long line of, of club record transfer shit. Yeah, but not only but, that, it's it's it. Their front office changed like four times, so it's not it's not even a player that Arteta would have wanted. They changed right. the back the team like mm-hmm. three times. So in the between him and Ozil, you've got so much wasted money there that I yeah. I find a lot of joy out of this. But so you look at Arteta's job in front of him now. Um, they, they don't have what, talent. The they're table? not. Good. No, they're like 13, 14. They're behind Let's City up. somewhere. Yes, they're 12th. They're 12th on 13 points in nine games. And they are ahead of City by one point, actually, as it Thank were. You. Uh, but City has a game in hand, so that's fine. But more to the point, their next five matches in the Premier League, they're home to Wolves. They're at Tottenham in the North London Derby. Which, lose. by the way, will be the first game that they have fans for, which will be awesome. Good. For, I'm happy about that. Um, they host they're not allowed Burnley. To, they're not allowed to sing, drink, or shout. Jesus Christ. We'll get to that in a little bit. So that Wolves, Spurs, Burnley, which is never a, uh, a walk in the park, Southampton, which we'll get into in a little bit, and then Everton. The next five games. That's not handsome. That's, that's, a, that's a tough stretch, right? And that's all in, in with, from between the 29th to tw- uh, the December 19th, so about 20 days or so. I, I got to think that, you know, I put it out there on Twitter. You said – Ten. How many points? How many points does Mikel Arteta need to keep his job? And oh, I don't not know. to keep. He's not going to lose his job. I don't know that. Like, well, I think it depends, right? I think if there's Tottenham, no way he's losing his job. None, zero. That's what I, 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 my first thought was that too. But I've started to see a little bit of rumblings about it, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they really get taken to the woodshed by Spurs, Southampton, and Arsenal. I mean, Everton. They beat Burnley and they draw Wolves. They get four points out of those 15. You're looking at going into Christmas with 17 points. You're probably close to close to 15, 16 from it's the table. A, it's a bad league this year. This like my where's my somebody's got to step up. I mean, right now yeah. it looks the best teams <laughs> weirdly are like West Ham and Spurs. They're like, 
You know, right. like it's just bizarre. These defensive teams. I wonder if there's something to that. Um, but speaking of non-defensive, fun-loving, what 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 Arsenal wishes they were, <laughs> and what the Leeds Arsenal game should have been was uh, Aston Villa Brighton, a fun up and down game. You know, friends from from far away games from a long time ago. Danny Welbeck shows up in blue, looking weird. I'm like, who is this weird, handsome yeah, yeah, yeah. man running around? Uh, and uh, you know, Brighton, who had been my darling team, always always a bridesmaid, never a bride, creating chances, uh, shooting balls over the bar, getting bad VAR calls on them. Uh, for once, they are outshot, outcreated, but they win. <laughs> And they get a VAR turn against it for them. They got all the breaks. <laughs> they got all the they breaks. Got all the breaks. So they it's deserve that's one, that's one back for Graham Potter, who, who a manager who I've made the manager of seven clubs already. Uh, <laughs> like I want him to be, I want him to be the coach at Newcastle. I want him to coach West Ham. I want him everywhere. Uh, but you know, Villa were really good for the money too. They lost, you know, th- these two teams are just really fun. They really have attacking, creative young the game i was telling my wife and she was excited because she was like oh my god you're excited what are you doing and i was like this game has spark it feels alive it it's feels fun it feels youthful it feels like there's joy they're playing they're going up and down guys are knocking each other over and helping each other up it's like they were giggling it was like yeah. a game full of giggling <laughs> it was if you were to hide the badges and and change the jersey colors and you were just it was a game for the neutral right because yeah yeah realistically so Anybody who's listening to this doesn't have a bone to pick with Aston Villa or Brighton. Nobody They're does, like no. Very likable teams. Um, yeah, they were just – they were bouncing the ball around. They were going back and forth. This game could have could have been 4-4, right? Like, yeah, it could, one um, of those fun games, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a 2-1, but it was certainly a lot of fun to watch. So, and, um, and it, I want to talk about yeah. Danny Welbeck because one of the things that is – the problem Brighton has is they can't stretch teams. So they have these kind of like clinical players who aren't athletic. But – what you learn about a good player is that what Danny Welbeck is doing is he's making runs. He knows where to go. He's traditionally a shit finisher and he missed some because he always was like that. But the reason he played for Manchester United and the reason why he's scored one of the famous goals for Arsenal in the FA in the, in the season, they fin- they were, they were top of the league sometime in, in the Leicester season. Um, they beat, they were the only team to beat Leicester twice in 2015. Um, is that he gets in good places and he works. And he did that in this game. He, 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 he breaks through, actually has an incredible finish, a chip after running like 40 yards. But then, he, of course, he misses three other ones. But he, he opens it up and lets Mopai work underneath. And that, that Brighton team's fun. And Solly March scored a goal. And, of course, Villa with the Spice Boys, uh, Spice Boys 2.0, uh, Cash. Uh, Barkley went down with a hammy early. And, uh, and Grealish, Grealish didn't have a, an amazing game, but then my boy Watkins was in there. It was just a fun game. Uh, and I would have, and I, and that's like a game, just go, go back and watch it. It's super fucking amazing. It's a lot of fun. And, and the last 10 minutes got really frenetic because your boy, Tariq Lamptey, got sent off. Oh, and what a, but, but that was in the last, uh, and I forgot about him. My, my, my handsome, super, super might. Oh, what a, he reminds me of Sean Wright Phillips when he played. Yeah. Batman, and he was like 10 years old. He, uh, tiny, it, tiny little it's dude. Interesting He's because, so good. You know, <laughs> Villa had their chances. They didn't take them. Uh, kind of a theme on this show, I guess, this episode. But, um, but yeah, again, just 90 minutes of really, really enjoyable stuff, um, which led us into, as far as we were concerned, the game of the week, right? Oh. So, so here we go, folks. 
Um, I, I can't win my fucking team. I come into this segment of the podcast <laughs> a fan of the league-leading Tottenham Hotspur. And as it may, it may sound like I'm dick measuring, and it may sound like I'm overconfident. And let me tell you, I can't stress that that is further from the truth. Because Laurent will sit here and tell you, and if you listen to his little uh, rapid reaction, um, he will tell you that it's the same old city and they didn't have any fight and they weren't able to, uh, you know, finish their chances. Here's the thing. Yeah, they were, right? They got a – I wouldn't say it's a bullshit because realistically, the way that the, the rule is written, that was a handball. In fact, you could argue that based on the letter of the law of the rule, that was good VAR play if you will, or a good VAR I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't even, it wasn't even, right. that didn't even bother me, honestly. But even before that, uh, before the Laporte goal was chalked off, you had Toby Alderweireld and Eric Dyer uh, just all over De Bruyne to do anything they could to knock the ball out of the ball, out of the, you know, the, the net. So there was a batten down the hatches mentality to it, regardless of what the score was. City were completely bossing the game. In the first five minutes, yes. No, I, I mean, look, and, and the difference again, I don't even think it was close on man of the match was Harry Kane. It reminded me of an American football play where basically you run two wide receivers, you run one guy through the middle and he gets the safeties in, and then the other guy like kind of does a stutter step and runs through the seam where there's fucking nobody there. That's exactly what Harry Kane did. He was the decoy, if you will. Both center backs gravitated to him. They just left, didn't know what to do, right. Left 40 yards of space, and Tangy Ndombele with a beautiful little dink. Oh, in the, fir- in the first pass, it was Ndombele, yeah. It's the second pass that was Kane. The second pass was Kane and the direct mm-hmm. assist, but, but Kane made the first play, right? Right. So fine, but I just and, – and again, for all the talk of teams that weren't clinical on this podcast, Spurs were, right? They had two chances. They took them. They won the game 2-0. I, I'm very impressed by Spurs' ability to defend as a team. But, look, it's one of those things, like I said, the fallacy, the predetermined outcome. If that goal isn't chalked off or if if City, if De Bruyne gets that chance instead of it going cleared off the goal line, you're looking at 1-1. I'll tell you, when that, when that Laporte goal went in, I went, okay, this isn't going to go well. Yeah, but the thing, the thing is is that Mourinho knows this. This is a thing that he does that is really not counterintuitive but hard to remember. He sets his teams up to control the game without the ball. It's the, he's literally the opposite of Guardiola. Guardiola tries to control the game with the ball, right? Right. right. Because he doesn't, he doesn't trust his players ever. He's like, I don't want you guys to have the ball because you're going to fuck it up. Right. <laughs> so, so if you don't have the ball, you can't fuck it up. And, we'll, and I, can, I can account for you. I can put you where I need you to be. And yeah. if I teach you guys to be bastards – like he said in that show a million times, then we'll be good. The thing that was amazing was the way that Spurs played the back five. They didn't use their wingers to do it. They used the holding midfielders. They used so, Sissoko. Sissoko and, and Hoiberg, they were four. The wingers were up, but they would fill the gap. So the spaces that City liked to play in were being filled by someone who it shouldn't be. So we were yeah. confused. The whole time. I thought like, it was interesting how they sort of they they sort of deployed Aurier in that kind of Cancelo role that that Pep Guardiola's had. Yeah. Because, well, he's a player. He's a winger. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. What what are they doing by doing that? They are removing the liability part yes. of Serge Aurier's game, and they're bringing 
uh, Sissoko, who was going to be a literal workhorse and just drive back. It was to the point where Serge Aurier was, like you said, he was a winger. He was advanced in the field. And Sissoko was playing right back. I'm like, guys, why don't you just call him that in the formation then? Like, I'm not even sure. Right. But, but the, thing, the thing that was interesting was City liked to play in the wide spaces, and there was no wide space. Right. It was nothing. So mm-hmm. it's just my team is fucking weird right now. I can't tell you how many times this exact result has happened. Sure. Bossing the control, not really having shots. When you watch it, it looks – the thing that's frustrating is Pep will look at the stats and he'll say we should have won, which is and, – and saying we just need to do it better. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck – how many times the Spurs have to beat – do teams have to beat City with four shots and two on goal that go in? Yeah. While we're fucking holding onto the ball, shooting from everywhere. Listen, I have this stat, and this is real. In the last season, between this season and last, this current season and last, City have 11 losses. In the three seasons before, we had 12. What the fuck <laughs> is going on? Yeah. It's, again, it's a City fucking tribute band. They're missing all – it can't just be Silva. It, it's so many things. It's all these little things. It's precision. It's, it's, it's like watching Liverpool. It's confidence. They're not banging the ball around. De Bruyne is everywhere trying to do everything, and he just seems mad all the time. Like, what the fuck are you people doing? Kevin De Bruyne is me at tops, just desperately <laughs> <laughs> trying to pull a dead carcass of a team through I the progressions. can't with it it's just like enough it fucking drives me batshit were you ever scared yes i never thought in the second half city were after the okay so after the los Celso goal i never thought for a second that city was gonna get that game back never no, well, no after never the second do you know how many times do you know how many times city have ever come back down a goal in the last 18 months zero we never yeah, come back ever See, and you, you grossly underestimate being a Spurs supporter because you're talking to the guy who blew a three-goal lead to a rival within the last 10 minutes a month ago, okay? so Yeah, but that was I, weird. No, it was Do I feel good at 2 nothing? Of course I do. But I'm waiting for the shoe to drop when it's 1-0 because you have the ball and you have all the quality in the world. I'm waiting yeah, for somebody, somebody could shoot and it could just go in, right? And I'm waiting for, uh, uh, a low, and a like, low, a low percentage shot could go in when you don't have the ball that can happen yes exactly so and i'm waiting not only that again uh, and i i have to say how wrong i was about this because he was great i'm waiting for eric dyer to trip somebody in the box i'm waiting for serge aurier to do something stupid i'm waiting for not even not even a penalty i'm waiting for a free kick on the fringe part of those, those city don't get areas. penalties they, no, I understand. We don't draw well, penalties. Spurs give them away. So I'm waiting, but not even penalties. I'm waiting for one of those fouls on this, like I said, the, the auxiliary parts of the, the edge of the box. You know, yeah, and I know the one. Just a, a, a swinging ball in that's always going to go in on Spurs. I'm waiting it's for just, one of those just, innocuous just, fouls to turn into a He's just ball. missing its dudes. It's just fucking, our midfield yeah. is weak. You know, like, Rodri had a great game, and he still didn't do anything. Like, yeah. It's just when I sat back and I thought about the whole game from Spurs' perspective, I was like, "Man, I don't." You look at like the team ratings, right? Out of ten, I don't know anybody gets less than a seven. I thought, no, they were I good. Thought, they were really I good. Everybody on the pitch. Bergvine, you have, you I, have, said, have, I said I thought Bergvine would start again uh, on the preview, and he did. He, he was, was good. Quiet. He was but fine. He, but, he, he was, but he made some runs. He he made us defend yes. him. Yeah. But again, I would say of of everybody on the pitch, he gets the lowest rating, and and he was just good. Right, everybody else was outstanding. But the thing is that you didn't see, right? When you have a low block like that, 
City weren't moving the – when was – did you see any cross-field balls from one guy to the next? Like, where, you. Where, where your team wasn't just shuffling as a unit, just boom, 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 Hoiberg yeah. and Sissoko, everyone was caulking, so much communication. They were on it. They were just on it. And my team it reminds me of, like, a video game from the 90s, like a soccer video game, like one of the early FIFAs, where you weren't controlling one player, you were controlling the whole team. And right. it's like everybody moves, like, in unison and lockstep. That's kind of how how Mourinho Spurs play play like, City, and that's how you beat City. And I understand that. I just I was not comfortable until that second goal went in. No, but you know what? Mourinho was probably over the moon with that performance. Like that is Absolutely. a great performance, right? Yeah. What's the quote where Mourinho had someone a, a reporter said they had eighty percent of the ball and twenty two shots and blah blah blah, and Mourinho said they can take the ball and go home. I'll take the three points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. He gives zero um, fucks about that. I love it. Forward, I, looking forward now for Spurs. And we'll get into – they play Chelsea at the weekend. So, we will get into that on the preview uh, pod on Thursday. Assuming we have, we do we one because it's Thanksgiving. I can't believe we have fucking Champions League. It feels like I'm not ready. It's too soon. Oh, I'm not ready for Champions League either. <laughs> but looking at – this started – this City game started a run of – like I mentioned, uh, uh, Arsenal's fixtures. Spurs are worse. Right, so starting last Saturday, they have City, Chelsea, Arsenal, right in a row, That's and they awesome. have to go to Austria in between Chelsea and Arsenal. By the way, in Europa League, they're home against Antwerp, who they fucking lost to. By the way, <laughs> they are away to Palace. That's not too bad. And then they go to Anfield um, on the sixteenth of December, and then they host Leicester City three days later. So again, City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool, Leicester. Those are Four teams in the top five and your biggest rival within 30 days, 25 days. Yeah. Well, C- City have a couple of good, easy matches. They have two, two kind of tough. They've got, they've got City have Burnley, then Fulham, then Manchester Derby, which is a disaster. Then they have Southampton, which I, whatever, away, which is tough. And then they have Newcastle and then, United away, Southampton away, Chelsea away. Ugh. Yeah, that, that finishes up tough. I mean, look, it's going to be hard on everybody with the, Chris, the Christmas period. And, but I just – you got literally – okay, great. You're on the top of the table right now, and great. You just beat City. Three of your next four five games are against numbers two, three, and four in the table. Holy shit. Why are you afraid of Arsenal? They suck. I'm not afraid of Arsenal. What I'm saying is, is that it's that's the that's the other game. You have two, three, and four, and that's the other game. Is that it's your biggest derby of the year, mm. right? So it's not that it, I'm afraid of Arsenal. It's the same thing as West Ham. I was dreading it because it's their Super Bowl. So yeah. we're gonna get whatever Arsenal has. We're gonna get 100 percent of it, guaranteed. So yeah. it's just a really tough stretch. Like I said, it couldn't have started better. But my goodness, are we going to learn a lot more about Spurs? And the important thing, the footnote in the performance on Saturday, in the 81st minute, Toby Alderweireld pulls up lame. So as great as Eric Dyer was, Toby was better. And we're going yeah, to be that, out without him. I didn't him. even think about that. That's really bad. Yeah, that's really bad. We're going to be without him for this entire stretch, I would expect. Yeah, right? he, seemed probably not really, get him back till, yeah. he seemed really hurt. Yeah, Not going to get him back. New Year's Day is optimistic and forget that. But my point is that this stretch, you're going to have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven games between now and December 19th. Like I said, all of them against top tier competition or rivals. And you're now looking to Joe Rodon, who came in as a sub for. He for looked Alderfer. handsome. I like that guy. 
he's not bad, but he's unproven. I'm excited about him on, in the side, but like he was going to get his feet wet easily. And now he's getting thrown into the lion's den. So I'm, I'm very, Is very Davidson Sanchez just dead. He's gone forever. He, he has to be, he's in rotation. He's your Europa league defender, but my goodness, is he a flop? Um, but yeah, but so that's the problem is that Eric Dyer is your most senior trusted center back right now. Yeah. City. He's been great. He's been great this year. I have to give him that. I love him. And we talked about, you know, in, on the preview pod, he's one of my favorites, but that certainly doesn't go down well. Last year you had, I mean, the last few years you had Toby and Jan, and even when one of them were hurt for the majority of it, you would have a, a Sanchez come in or other players, right? Now it's Eric Dyer's your elder statesman of your center backs. That's a scary maybe, situation. Maybe, he, maybe he's got it. Maybe he can do it. Maybe, you maybe know. he can. And I think Rodon's going to be great next to him. Yeah. But I certainly have some concerns knowing that we've got the, the fixtures that we have next. And again, it does start with Chelsea. That, that front line is going to be extremely dangerous. Well, again, I won't talk too much. You know about what, though? They'll, we'll play, they'll just play deep and Werner will be fucking – and I will be I, – I, I think Mourinho's feeling his – he feels good again. He's got something. He can, yeah, it is interesting. So we, we, we talked a little he's bit about – he, he, You know what's weird? There's confidence man- players. He's a confidence manager. Like, yeah. he's feeling good. He likes his players. He's not attacking them. The the vibe is good. He's not shitting on anybody. Like yeah. when he's in, when he feels confident, it goes into the players, and the team starts to believe in him, and they want him. Right? Like now they're listening. Now they're gonna work for him. Right? Because he's got the wins. He's got the He's like, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. He's got the Hoyberg in his pocket. He's made Sissoko a guy. Like in the all or nothing. He's like. Oh, one of his guys is like Sissoko's a leader. He's the he's the he's the leader of the French guys, right? <laughs> or the yes. leader of the black players on the team, right? Like right, well, both, basically. right, right, yeah. both. But that's that's in, that's important, right? You have a guy that you can go to. You have Hoyberg, who's new, who you know, literally like he led the league in tackles and interceptions, and you bought him, and he leads the league in tackles and interceptions. Like he's yeah. just a ball winner. And oh, he's a- fun stat by the way, and I think the first goal is part of this before the game. I, so. It's probably about the same number. 75% of Spurs goals this year have started with a Hoybeer pass, tackle, or, or, or pass or a tackle, basically. He is involved, not necessarily on the score sheet, but he's involved in the creation right, like a, like a of dis- every chance. Like a got. defenseman who, who puts someone into the boards, kicks the puck up to a winger who's now three passes away and scores a goal. Exactly, right. Yeah. Yes. So but, but the thing, that's the, the thing. The, the, the back line doesn't have to defend as much anymore. Exactly. Because you essentially, he's a defender. They've got a shield. So, and he's a phenomenal one. It's, um, it's interesting. We talked a little bit about it, right? Like the confidence with Mourinho. When he was hired, and it was a very, very controversial pick. We talked a little bit about that last time in Pochettino's exit. He, um, it's been a year since he's, since he's been in charge at Spurs. And my goodness, the transformation. The talk about him when he came on was the game had passed him by. Nobody wanted him. He flamed out again. Blah, 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 blah. This is a publicity stunt by Spurs. Wow. I mean, top of the league, top of the league right now. So again, we're going to learn a hell of a lot more than we know now about Spurs. In the next well, the other days. thing, it helps not to but have my goodness. fans. It does in some sense, like those defense in some sense where you're kind of, just, I mean, there were some dour games where they just hung on. You were just like, they were terrible. Certainly. <laughs> and I said this to my friend actually, and we, we didn't talk about Chelsea. They beat Newcastle two nothing. It's a game you're supposed to win. And, it, and more importantly, they bossed that game. It should have been 5 nothing, but they got the second goal. The difference between – and I said this to my friend who's a Chelsea fan, and I, and I hate that I 
think this, but the difference between Spurs and the Liverpools, the Chelsea's, the Cities, even the Leicesters, if you're battering a team 1-0, you get the goal that kills the game off and you don't get fucked by VAR in the 95th minute. Yeah. That's the difference. Chelsea was all over them. They got the goal in the second half after Newcastle missed a sitter that they should have tied a game. They got the second goal. They got the three points. The thing is, it's just like if we're transitioning to Newcastle, you know, that's just a terrible team. Again, Graham Potter should be coaching that team. They're so talented. They've got good players. This fucking Steve Bruce, these Englishy, like, you know, I talk about English players. The Mm -hmm. problem is the flip side is the English manager who embodies that attitude, but you don't want it. It's weird. Like I've been posting my thing about my line. Like I want CD to be, have heart and more Englishness. And someone responded Englishness question mark, which is clearly like, what you racist. I'm like, no, there's just, (laughs) there's a, there's a thing. It's not necessarily a bad or a good thing. You don't want too much Englishness because then you just play four, four, two and try and kick people, but you want it with your team. You need, you need juice, right? You've got it. Like Hoiberg has it. He's not English. I was about to say, he, but he here's got a perfect it. example. Right. It's 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 a it's a Premier League term for grit. Yeah, right? it's like a mental, but it's a mentality thing. It's yes. It's graft. It's I'll do what you ask. I'll play where you want me to be. Where you where do you want me to go? What position oh, that should guy's I got play? The ball? I'm gonna go take a yellow card just so we stop this fucking play. But, but it and can get be my guys can, back. But it can be an offensive thing too. Like Wayne Rooney really had it. He didn't care where he played. He would just, oh, you want me to be on the wing? You want me to, to be a central of... midfielder? You want me to be a forward? I'll just, James Milner, I'll play. Yes. Where do you want me to play? I'll play goal. I don't give a fuck. I'm Let's trying to play. think of non English guys Patrick who've Vieira. had Englishness. Vieira. Uh, from an attacking sense, I would say Giroud. Giroud. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. It's that battering ram kind of just. <laughs> meaty forehead. Anybody yeah. with a meaty forehead has. Yeah, a yeah. I mean, they're there. They're, it's. It's you're, you don't wear gloves. You wear short sleeves in this winter. You know, you're just that guy. You're just, you could play in black and white. You could play, you know, Technicolor. You could play with fans throwing missiles at you. You don't care, right? It's right. kind of, Argentina has it too. Los Celso, those Argentinian guys have it. Yes. Some of those South American players have it. There's a reason why Luis Suarez was fucking incredible in England. He had Englishness. Right. <laughs> Going back to Los Celso for a second. Yes, he came on. He scored the second goal immediately. The thing, forget that for a second. The thing that I fell in love with him all over again about was the tackle he made on Sterling from behind. So the good. Slide. Oh, my so goodness. So good. That was so good. Englishness, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he, that's what I mean. And it doesn't mean other cultures don't have it. It's just the term I use because I don't know every league in the world ever. Right. <laughs> but realistically, if you watch enough of La Liga, if you watch enough of the French League, there's no Englishness. There's no Frenchiness. There's no Spanishness. Yeah, Frenchiness you know? sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. <laughs> Although it is a rough – they do play with two pivots all the time. It's kind of uh, – but, yeah, so Newcastle we covered. Uh, I want to just give a quick Manchester United. Is there a fucking luckier bullshit team in the uh, goddamn world? They had a, a, a stone wall penalty given and then VAR'd away. Then another fucking – ridiculous dipshit handball where the guy turns has his body inside of his body turns out kicks in his arm penalty if penalty gets saved var pulls it back and he gets it so i mean like they were terrible yeah i mean if i'm west brom i'm just like you know what fuck you yeah we're taking our ball and going home 
Yeah, just call the Premier League and be like, listen, I'm no conspiracy tin hat lunatic, but how many penalties does fucking United have to get before we have to think about this and go, you know, maybe maybe they're diving. Maybe they should all get the Raheem Sterling treatment. By the way, who if he goes in a box and goes down, he doesn't get a penalty. He's, I mean, just ever. <laughs> Although now that there's VAR, it probably will be less so. But It's a little bit more. I saw something that's that uh... – Man United have benefited from six VAR calls this season. There's been nine games. <laughs> Fuck. And actually, I think that that was before. It might have been after or before the game. I don't know the timing on that. But Jesus, I mean, what they, they benefited from two, if not three, in this game. So I, I, I heard a stat, and I don't know how crazy it sounds, but it sounded crazy. <laughs> Something to the effect of Bruno Fernandez has scored 5% of all Man United penalties. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. Because he's, and he's been a- on the team. <laughs> he's been on the team for eleven months. Because there's been that many. Like, yes. essentially, teams in a week were getting as many penalties as get scored in a season. Not lately, but so far this season, we've had more penalties than have in some seasons. It has calmed down significantly, and I mean, you're seeing players start to adjust to these new rules, right? Like, I remember Lee Dixon on uh, oh, on the, like the Spurs regular running with his arms behind his back. With, exactly, <laughs> he was having a, a coronary about it because what he was effectively saying was, "There's no way you can possibly run like that." As he watched Sergio Regulon do it, which was kind of funny, um, but yeah, I mean, he's a kind of guy. He's an old school defender who he just Englishness. Is, the Englishness at the end. He ass. played in the He's, most Englishness back four ever. Ever. But it's – he's not wrong, but, like, he's not even allowing the commentary to truly – clearly be – look, the players are seeing the way that the game is being called now, and they're adapting, or they're at least trying to. Well, I mean, right? so Kevin, I De Bru- that's, that's, Kevin, Kevin De Bruyne had a comment. He was like, you know what? The rules have been changed more in the last four years than they have in the 20 years before it. Where it's just like, what? maybe that's playing on things. I don't even know. Like, because for city, for all teams that are offensive, there's just goals taken away. It VAR doesn't give you anything. It's starting right. to, but just like I fucking hate it. Anyway, I'm never gonna get used to it. I'm gonna still keep talking about it. It's Skynet. It's the end of the world. It <laughs> is the worst thing ever. And I don't want to talk about Burnley one or crystal palace nil and i don't want to talk about west brom versus sheffield united except for the fact that sheffield can't fucking score and if you can't score you can't win i don't care how good you are yeah (laughs) and then our boys our our secret love fest of southampton wolves that was like kissing that was a sister's kissing or maybe it was good no that was a good game yeah it was it was um i was enjoying southampton i ended up missing the last few minutes of it uh (laughs) and i came back to see wolves tied it and I was disappointed because I, they I've, fucking, I've they, the fucking wolves they always come back. They're I've converted from a wolves lover to a Southampton lover, so <laughs> I was bummed that that Southampton didn't get the points there. Yeah, um, but it seems like one one was a fair, uh, you know, a fair kind of way to split the points between them. Um, I just uh, James Ward Prowse did he start or did Who? he come off the bench? Ward Prowse. He starts every game, every minute. He I goes. thought he was hurt, and, I, and he came no, on no, later. No, 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 no. He's he, made of, uh, I didn't. He's made well, of the steel. I didn't notice him. I didn't notice him a lot, which was very strange. Well, when, he does, when he's not on the when he's not on the ball, you don't. Yeah, yeah. Walcott was interesting because he he hits 
he hits the the open net from four yards and then he misses the breakaway that would have sealed the game. So I kind of got very joy Walcott. out of that. Very well. It's, it's, it's extremely, it's Walcottishness, it's, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's why he never became great, right? It's why he was never really stuck at Arsenal. Right, because he, he could run, just, he could get into yeah. places and then he would miss. He was like a fanboy favorite in the sense of like he had all the potential in the history of the world and never realized it. Wow, he was uh, and all the speed. Seventeen at Arsenal came from Southampton. Yeah. What's crazy is like he's thirty-one and he scored his first goal at Southampton in fifteen years. I yeah. love that the guy starts so young because you're like, what the fuck? Yep, yep, yep. Or like he's been in elite. Like, well, for instance, Raheem Sterling's twenty-five. He feels like he's been playing. Oh, he's forty. This is nineteen thirty. Yeah, yeah. You know what's actually crazy? I saw that. Um, getting Hoybier is eight months older than Harry Winks, and you're like, how the fuck is that possible? He's like 24. He looks and plays like he's 35. Yeah, well, because he was with he was with Guardiola at Bayern. In one of the right. books, they talk about him a lot. So he's oh, one really? of these. He's one of the Guardiola guys. I don't know. It's one of the. It's it's so funny with teams. It's just like my team can't seem to find a player like him, and he was just sitting there, or. I just, I can't with my team. It's driving me fucking crazy. Like, I'm losing my mind. I'm like, I can't. I can't. Speaking of transfers, one quick thing on Guardiola. The man loses a big game, and he comes out and he says, hey, I think we need to sign Harry Kane and Jack Grealish and Lionel Messi. It's like, dude, what the fuck are we talking about here? This isn't FIFA career mode, okay? Like, knock it off. Knock it off. You're going to spend 500 million pounds. Just to try and and what you are you already have. I, you know what? Riches. I think the messy thing is bullshit. If you have that money, and Bar- and Bar- and Barcelona wants it, unless it's if it's just pure football, like not for business reasons. For business reasons, you sign Messi twice on Sunday, three times over. He immediately makes Manchester City a team that people watch, right? And right. people buy the shirts, and it's messy, 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 messy. Like that part, I don't count about. If it's a money and for player thing, you buy Holland, you buy Holland, you put him on your back, you carry him to City, and you put him in a, in a glass case, and you go, Erlen Holland, this is your team. These are the white guys that are playing with you. Whatever you want to do, we're doing it because yes. you are the man. Like, he's already the best striker in the world, and he's 18. Like, at he's 19. wild. He's big and fast. Yeah. <laughs> Like he's that he's got that Mbappe feel like that when you when he was first at Monaco and you're like whoa just magic everything yeah. he touched turned to gold yeah. yeah no I'm interested to see if he leaves and where he goes I would my hope is that he doesn't go to Bayern because it's just boring if he does right I want him to go somewhere interesting well I mean the, the the Mbappe is the one who's slated for Real right right if he leaves. I think Holland, like his dad, played for City. That doesn't mean he's going to go to City. I'm not saying that. But of the teams in the Premier League, the best run team is City, I would say. Oh, the biggest need for a striker, too, is City. The only thing that City doesn't have is the cachet, right? It's not – Right. We're not cool. We have no history. We're not here, right? We're the invisible man. Like, we – City are – basically nouveau riche they don't even have like chelsea wasn't really a big team either but they were in london which is a big city so they had enough fans but you know city is like basically like if fucking newark all of a sudden became the yankees right <laughs> right it's some ta- it's off to the side like why yeah. why this team 
So yeah. that's the only thing that keeps that, that would like, it should be Manchester United, right? If there's an English team that you're going to go to, you go there or you, God forbid, and please God, don't let this happen. But if he goes to Liverpool and puts that red shirt on, oh, we're all done. Field, and with the, but they'd have, well, to change the, thinking, they'd have to change the way they play. I was just thinking that too. Jota comes in and he allows that, that freedom of expression still. And he doesn't force any changes. He just fills in wherever somebody's out. Oh, for me, you know, they can just do whatever. He can do all of them. But so they're gonna play. Think, I think, they're gonna play with the four of them. There's no way they. Oh, absolutely, play. no problem. Why not? You look at all the big teams. Like Chelsea doesn't need him. They just got Werner. Um, City could use him. United is not. He's not even the Dortmund player they want the most, right? He, they want Sancho. Yeah, but Sanchez is 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 falling off already. Fine, but they still are white hot on his trail. I look at the table and I go teams mm. who might have the money and definitely have the need. In the English Premier League, there are it's two. City, City is City. one. City is one. Who do you think the other one is? Well, I mean, it's Arsenal, but Arsenal just – It's Arsenal. They, yeah, but they – I think Arsenal – it's like a body change. Like, Arsenal's gone. I think they're, they're in the wilderness. They're not spending money. They're not generating money. The stadium's there. Like, I just don't – it doesn't seem like there is a path to, like, amazingness. Like, like when – when Klopp was building up Liverpool, you could see it. It was coming. You're like, oh, shit. Right. It's coming. Like, they don't – like, Aubameyang is, eh, okay. He's, he's a something. I, I, I just don't – it's weird to me. Like, how do you not get Ozil on side? Like, he's clearly what they need. Yeah. They need an attacking midfielder to be able to link up with Lacazette, with, with, uh, with I don't, Aubameyang. I don't, care, I don't care if he doesn't run. Like, right. Just get over it. We've seen it. We've seen it a hundred times now in the in the Premier League. You've got Grealish. You've got Hamez. Uh, you know these players who basically are are sedentary. They sit there, but they create these passes and these opportunities. And bing, bang, boom, and all of a sudden you're. But in I, I also think it's the, it's the visual. I mean, like, also literally just stands there. He's like James yeah, Harden. He's, he just like kind of goes. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of stands there, and you're just like, you fuck. But then he it's loafs the visual. and he just, and, but he just, pick, he just picks passes. You're just like, yes, but it, it's two things. It's the visual for the value prop, right? He is – he smashed the wage ceiling. I mean, smashed double over. So that's the problem. And, then it's the, guy, and then it's the English press, right? This is where the Englishness comes in. Exactly. Like he's the anti-Englishness. Like or, he yeah, right. It's the lack thereof. Exactly. Right? He doesn't run. He doesn't get stuck in. He doesn't do what you want him to do. But – he was on the Mourinho team on the wing that set the record for goals in La Liga. Like it was him like on the break. Yeah, absolutely. So I, we should probably I, I quickly, probably quickly just audible into just see what champions league shit's going on. Yeah. Because there's going to be games. Not a clue. <laughs> there's going to be games coming up. So let, let's Tomorrow. just, yeah. T- t- what the fuck <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Uh, tomorrow Renz versus Chelsea. Chelsea. Uh, Man United goes to Istanbul, Besiktas. If that's a loss, wow, uh, they already lost, but they're at home, Man United, so that shouldn't be so bad. Um, the other game that should be good and interesting is PSG Leipzig. That we know we talked about was a weird group. Uh, we've got Barcelona, Kiev. Barcelona are in crisis, crisis, crisis. Um, that one's getting weirder and weirder. Um, during the week, Wednesday, the game that was supposed to be awesome, Liverpool-Atalanta was not, and I don't no. expect Liverpool to do anything there. They should just smash them to pieces. 
Liverpool, City play Olympiacos in Greece, which is not exactly what we need right now to go to fucking Greece. And of course, he'll play Foden the whole game because why not play him that game? Fucking. Gorgeous. That's frustrating. Um, the other big game is Inter Milan versus Real Madrid is huge. Oh, Inter need that. Game. Without it, they're in trouble. So I'll just go quickly through the groups. Well, so uh, before but, you do that, before yeah. you do that, right? Like, so this is match day four of six. So you can Perfect. already imagine you're, you're in the clubhouse turn. This is the first pivotal game. You're never really in trouble. And I can speak to, speak to this as someone <laughs> of a fan who had one point through three games and made it to the Champions League final. Um, <laughs> the fourth game is really when you start to separate the oil from the water, the men from yeah. the boys, the, all that the, shit. The so, big teams want to win this game because it, and it makes dead rubbers then they can't lose. Exactly. It's that. And you want to you secure qualification to the knockout run as early as possible so you can basically focus on the Christmas period at home in the right. Premier League so you don't have to worry too much so, about so the one, I'll just, I'll just go quickly through the weird group. So Real Madrid are on four points with Inter yes. on two. So that's a fucked up group. But it's only 5-4-4-2. Um, City are basically through. We have nine points already. Liverpool are basically through. They have nine already. Chelsea and Sevilla Chelsea are, on, playing, uh, are on, playing, playing uh, Rennes. Uh, yeah. They're playing a, a Europa League group, so I don't right. really care much. Right, so they, ha- they already are on seven with, with Rennes and Krasnavor. Uh, Dortmund are on six, Lazio on five. Dortmund will probably get through there. Barcelona are already on nine, so they'll probably be okay, but uh, they haven't been playing great in Spain. I think they're 12th in the table. They're a team that you get in the knockout round, and usually you see the name brand, the ball come up, and you go, oh, fuck, it's Barcelona. This Not anymore. Is, this is, yeah, this is an attractive, right for the picking Barcelona. Right, so then we've got this Man United, Leipzig, PSG group. Leipzig plays PSG. PSG are on three. Leipzig are on six. Man United are on six. But they already drew – oh, did they lose or draw to Bessak? Sure, I can't remember. I think they lost. They lost. They lost the best, like sure. What we're looking at right now, and for those remember, the third place team in the group drops down to Europa League. So this you know, is the interest I have in it. I go, is fucking PSG going to drop into Europa League? What a yes. world that would be! I tell you what, if that happens, Mauricio Pochettino is going to get hired the next day. <laughs> Why? The next fucking. Day. Oh right, yes, yes, yes. I understand. Yes, completely correct. Um, but these are. This is sort of you know, like you said. The big teams are just trying to get through. My team, from my perspective, I'll watch the game. I just want City to stomp. I just want the Greeks to go away. I want to put <laughs> them in the bath. I want them to send the boys to them and make them go away. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's our, that's our week roundup. Mike, do we have anything else we want to talk about? Should we try for Thursday or should we try and find we a time? We should I try mean, for Thursday. We've got around anyway. I, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, no, I won't be doing much. We'll figure it out. We'll, get, we'll give the people what they want. But speaking of... My dog literally got up and left my bedroom because he was tired of hearing our bullshit. So I got to imagine if you're listening to this, you are too. So we'll cut it around there then. (laughs) All right, Mike, have a great Thanksgiving and I'll speak to you on Thanksgiving. All right. You too, my friend. Talk to you then.